episode four. Here we are, the book episode. Uh, I am David Knupp, joined today again by... Michael Grasso. And... Daniel Sullivan. And our guest today... Tim Russell. Look at that. It's almost like I was giving them hand gestures. We all nailed their names. Good job, Handies. fellas. All right. This is a good I start. Literate. I are very literate. Yeah. <laughs> Only took three tries. I have the, be- <laughs> I have the, I have the best words. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, the, the whole point of this episode is we're just going to talk about um, the books that we like. Uh, you know, books, a series, individuals, whatever, uh, things that got us into reading, uh, as a, as a hobby, I suppose. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about adaptations, which is, I guess, going to be more the focus. So Tim, you're the guest. I'm going to let you start. Okay. Uh, where would you like me to start? Book series you like. Okay. Um, well, recently I have started the wheel of time series. Okay. I'm on the third book. Um, so I've got approximately 20,000 books left <laughs> to go. For real. Path of uh, Daggers? Huh? Is that Path of Daggers? Dragon Reborn. Dragon Reborn. Yeah. I so. haven't read them. Oh. I know. They're pretty good. I know. I'm, I can't remember if my wife has read them or not. Um, I know she, she's more into the fantasy novels. Oh, they're fantasy. Yeah, yeah. So. You're on the book I stopped reading them at. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and, I've enjoyed and, it so far. Yeah. I started it because I ran out of, uh, Brandon Sanderson and Cosmere books to read, so. I don't know what those are either. You, so oh, it, it, look, man. Let, let, let's be honest. Okay? The world of books is you, huge. You mentioned earlier so, you were looking for recommendations, so I, I did. You're about to. Okay. Yeah, you should. I'm, you should I'm, read your Sanderson. I will. I will do that. Um, I just finished. This is, this is fresh on my mind right now. Uh, it's a book by Harlan Coben, and it's not typically my uh, my my wheelhouse, so to speak, of. of book genres that I typically go for. This one's a lot more um, suspense. It's a suspense novel. Okay. And it's called Tell No One. I've never heard of it. Um, yes, see? Neither have I. Uh, it's actually a really, really good I book. I guess no one's talking about it. Yeah, well, it's it's an um, older book-ish. I don't know. Uh, I first read it, I think, in 2002, 2003. Um, and uh, and I, I couldn't put it down the first time I read it. It, mm. was, it was really, really good. Um just kind of, I mean, it really kept me guessing. Um, it, it, it was, it was good. It's good start to finish. Um, I haven't read any of his other books, Harlan Coben. Um, I know he's got a bunch of other books and, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, it's not normally my wheelhouse. Someone recommended it to me. I had nothing else to do. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll read that one. But, um, at home I have, uh, an entire bookcase and, and some of you guys have seen the bookcase of star wars novels mm. yes yeah that's probably the only book series that i could account you as an aficionado of. yeah an yeah expert yes an expert yeah because you know i, I do like to read but uh, i also like to read what i like that's fair so danny what about you well i have to say that i am a huge sanderson and butcher fan now i was gonna say jim butcher i've read a lot and you know a lot of my original favorite authors, you know, Tolkien, mm-hmm. um, was Stackpole. Stackpole. Yeah, Mike, Michael uh, Stackpole, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Crichton. Is that John Crichton? No. Michael Crichton. No, Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. I don't know. Stephen King. <laughs> um, yeah, Terry Pratchett. Michael Crichton R. was Salvatore. like the... Uh, Jurassic Park. He just had yeah. a ton... Yeah, exactly. But he had like a ton of like that sci-fi slash horror mm-hmm. almost vein. Yeah. Of things, and it was very much like a, he he would produce almost 
a book a year, like mm-hmm. at least, and I think sometimes two. Jesus, like he was putting books out, like. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So I gotta say it. Um, you know, speaking of books, and and speaking of you know prolific writers, I mean, you can even go back to Dickens. Mm-hmm. The man worked five hour days. That's it. Five days a week, five hour days, and pumped out books constantly. And the rest of the time, what says he didn't have yeah. another job? That, yeah, that was that was his sole source of and income. It's your job. Yeah. And, you know, Butcher ascribes to that, yeah. which is why he was so successful with pumping out books. Sanderson also ascribes it's like, you know, he Aww. had a lot. He had a lot of shit. I know. Happen. I know a lot of shit happened to him. I know. It's like I I, I still give him. I still Over give Butcher head. a lot of slack. Well. So what we're talking about is he mm-hmm. was actually pumping out essentially a book a year. Yeah, and these are Who, we're talking books. about Sanderson or, or yeah, Butcher. Butcher. No, okay. Butcher. Butcher. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, because he, I've, I've seen some of the books because I started to read the Dresden books, series, and he's and also then, doing short stories. And yeah. he's doing these other things mm-hmm. for projects, and he's getting them all done in a year. Hmm. And then he had a tooth explode. Right, he had a tooth explode, and then the timing His of his molar it, exploded. Wait, 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 how the hell does your tooth explode? Oh no, it does. It can get septic enough where it'll explode inside the gum, and they have to do surgery to cut it all out and stuff. It's, okay. it's not, it, yeah, it's a bit. It's a lot of pain because it actually hurts your jaw too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it explodes, it cracks your jaw, it ruins your gums. Okay. So apparently, he went through that. So that was a long recovery period. I imagine, and he had other obligations, and then it was a combination of things that kind of just put things and it's like, man. That and he had another book series he lifted off like a whole, no- and he wanted it was to just do all really this stuff. bad timing. Yeah, he just he just tackled a bunch of stuff at work at once, and then yeah. all of a sudden things happened. Yeah. I had actually just started Dresden Files right <laughs> when that happened, so yeah. it was like, oh yeah, he puts out a book a year, yeah. and then like I got through it all, and I was like crickets. But yeah. my yeah. Crickets. my favorite thing from him, I think you were about to get into it, was the whole you're there's no such. Th- I don't believe in writer's block. You're a yes. writer. It's your job. You write. Yes, I, I've, and, seen, right. I've <laughs> seen. I've seen and, some of those comments. And Sanderson and Butcher are mm-hmm. we know both on it. Same like, way. You write. Now it doesn't matter how much quality you yeah. get in a day because if you get one sentence that's good, mm-hmm. that's one sentence more than you would have had. Yeah. And then you just make progress from there. And mm-hmm. that's that's truly inspirational. I mean, it puts things into perspective. Yeah. You have to love what you do because oh, it's absolutely. going to need to be your job. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, branching off of that, you know, touching on you know books, one of the books that I still love to this day is a, a children's book, actually. Is it, is it The Ninja Bread Man? Because no, my daughter loves it. it's called The Oddkins. And I actually have it on my bookshelf. I've had it since I was a child, mm-hmm. and I plan on reading it to my kids when I have when I eventually have them. And I've read it to my nieces and nephews. And okay. I've read it to my cousins' kids. It is not your typical children's story. It's gorgeously illustrated, and I believe it's Michael Crichton. It's huh. a horror story. <laughs> Toys come to life, and how it works is. You have this. You have the the premise of this story is you have this uh, good storyteller, a uh, good toy maker who's okay. dying, and uh-huh. he's looking for someone to take over his toy shop. And the toys he makes are alive, and they help children, you know, grow and develop, become strong, healthy individuals. <clears throat> but apparently, there's this is a battle between good and evil, and whenever a toy maker dies. There's a chance that the toy mm-hmm. maker can be replaced by someone who makes wait 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 evil no no, no. Toys. I've seen this movie I've seen this movie Will Wheaton's in it um no 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 all right, all right. no <laughs> but I highly recommend you take a look at it the and Oddkins. what's it called again the Oddkins the Oddkins okay 
Yeah. I could show you the book after the podcast. Fair and enough. Put pictures up to reference. Okay. Them. Mikey? Ah, let's see. Uh, my reading got into... Um, the biggest thing that happened to me was when I was in first grade and I migrated from here, uh, from Florida, I mean, from New York to Florida, I, uh, I was, uh, I was behind because we didn't necessarily have like a, a good reading program or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So when I came down here, I was basically illiterate by Florida standards. So I and failed that's, first grade. Let me, let me tell you, right? Being illiterate by Florida standards, that's, <laughs> that's saying something. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I was really great at math. Math we had. There you go. Uh, I was very ahead on math. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, no. Um, All right, good. You beat us. We can't count. Uh, I know. <laughs> nope. No, 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 I can't count. <laughs> but uh, anyway, at any rate, so I, uh, yeah, between the transition of moving and stuff like that, I fell behind. And then uh, eventually, um, I started getting into, like, when we were reading uh, smaller books. Um, and then I got, I'd say, I think where it really picked off is the Dragonlance saga. Mm. Uh, so we're talking about the end of my elementary school. Um, and going into that, and that picked me up to creating like an avid reader out of me. Now, were you just, were you playing Dungeons and Dragons at that point? By then, um, no, I was still doing. I was not playing D anD D by then. I was playing mm. uh, Mech Warrior. Okay, uh, Marvels, the Marvels uh, system. Yeah, yeah. So superhero stuff. Oh god, that's awesome. um, and Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so, so you were you were playing role playing games at that point, but you hadn't actually yeah, got yeah. into the D and D lore, but but you got stuff. into right. the book series. Okay. So and then Dragonlance, I had actually read a bunch of the novels before I even playing my first D and D game. Okay. Um and yeah, so that that really kicked me off, and it was a huge series already at that point in my time in my life, and I got them mm-hmm. either from the library or there was this bookstore, which is where we played all these games at. Yeah. And uh, we'd pick them up used for like two fifty. Okay. You know stuff like that, like real cheap. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> funny that you mentioned that because um. <clears throat> got into like a book series of the Redwall series uh, by Brian Jacques. There's Jacques. I, you know what? French name. I'm never going to pronounce it correctly. Jacques. Um, Jacques. Amazing author. Still sad that he's gone, but his series is truly one of the best, <clears throat> in my opinion. Sorry for that. Excuse me. Yeah. The um, but I didn't get into D and D until after I started reading. You know, some Dragonlands mm-hmm. and other fantasy novels. My cousin, who got me into the Redwall series, is the one who actually got me into D&D. Okay. My cousin got me into D&D, but that's not what this episode is Yeah, yeah, no. That's for the next episode when we talk about tabletop games. Um, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what really got me into reading. Um, and I was telling the story a little bit before we started actually doing the recording. Um, was after high school, because in, in school I hated being forced to read. I hated like, oh, here's a book, you have to read it. Um, but after high school, uh, I, I just started reading, um, Lord of the Rings. Just, I mean, I read them before, but you know, I really wanted to just read it this time. Um, and it was on my own time and it was at my own pace and, you know, I didn't have to write any fucking reports or anything afterwards. And, uh, and that actually started a pretty much a yearly tradition. I would read the Hobbit and then the entirety of the Lord of the Rings. Um, and I probably did that for six or seven years before I really started branching out. Um, and, uh, and I think it was my mother that bought me my first Star Wars novel. And that's really what, what kicked it off. Um, that, I mean, honestly, that, that's mostly what I read. Um, you know, obviously I've, I've read most of the obligatory nerd reading, um, Lord of the Rings, uh, which I've already mentioned, Jesus, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Harry Potter, you know, things like that. And I love all those books, and they're, they they are good. But um, 
you know, there's 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 so much more that I need to read. I've I've only read a, a handful of the Dune books. Um, I haven't read any of the. Um, uh, uh, well, I read I read the first book for Sword of Truth, uh, Wizard's First Rule, mm-hmm. um, which I really really appreciated because the Wizard's First Rule is people are stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so true. and and that was. When when I finally because because you know because they keep mentioning wizards first rule wizards first rule wizards first rule and they don't actually tell you what the first rule is until towards the end of the book and when I got that I had to put the damn thing down and I just I was laughing so damn hard because <laughs> I mean I say that all the time people are stupid uh, I have not read I, I got up halfway through the second book and and I stopped there a valuable lesson out of that series for me mm-hmm. uh, truth is subjective. Yeah, and <clears throat> that very, can get very... you into some pretty interesting debates with people who yeah. are like, "Well, no, truth is the truth." It's no, it's like nope. it's all a matter of perspective. If you can't view something from another point mm-hmm. of view, absolutely. You're... Just just because you know, just because it looks one way <clears throat> to you does not mean it looks that way to everybody. And and yeah, I mean, perception is reality. Does but, does that uh, uh, microphone cover taste good there, Mikey? <laughs> and actually, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Who's messing with him? Oh, <laughs> this is not going to pick up well. No, but that's okay. <clears throat> Tim made a, fist, a face at me, and I licked my mic when coach screen. Oh, there you oh, go. Anyway. Nope. Sorry, so Tim's in my with. blind spot. No, no, that's okay. <clears throat> Sorry, we don't have a visual component, so you yeah, can no, see no, that yeah, interaction. Yeah. <laughs> it had been, been awkward. <laughs> so. Uh, <yeah. laughs> But anyway, all right. So, um, any other book series you guys want to talk about? Something you know, anything you guys loved or? Well, I think the best thing about some of the book series we did read is that a lot of different authors wrote for them. Yeah. So you could actually break off from that and then read other things they had done. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, once you get into those series, like, oh, what else did this author? Stackpole's a great one because literally oh, yeah. he wrote. Oh, for, yeah. If it had a ro- long-running series of multiple authors mm-hmm. he was in the there. sci-fi fantasy genre, he was in there. You know, and, and, and <laughs> you know the one thing we and I think he's been mentioned once or twice, and that was about it. We haven't talked about it. Stephen King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we um we we've previously talked about the movie It. Um, and, and how, you know, we all pretty much like Stephen King's writings and, and he starts off well. And my parents were so happy that I started reading. I don't even think they knew what they were getting me into, Mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe not. But they signed me up for the original Stephen King library, (laughs) which was the, like, you would actually get like a new Stephen King book. They'd mail it to you. And plus what they would, oh yeah. Um, At how old? Clive, uh, um, middle school. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but my like, mom like got six, me into like six grade, like, still, that's like, like sixth grade middle that's like school. That's like what, 11, like... 11 to, well, sixth grade, like at least it's 10 or 11, something line. like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little out there. And, uh, and that's, I dig Steve, it. So, and that, I read a lot of his books, and I got a lot of his older books too. And then I got um, a Clive Barker, mm. uh, his Imagica series and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he did a lot of fantasy mm-hmm. and a lot of horror because it's Clive Barker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I started that like in my my middle school era. I was already in the horror genre mm-hmm. deep. Um, okay. uh, all the Lovecraft stuff as well. Yeah, um, you know all the short stories and, and whatnot that that was mostly composed of. Um, anything. Yeah. Hi, puppy. <laughs> hi, hi, little Cthulhu dog. Not really. No, but, uh, no, no, no. That's Parzival <laughs> from Ready Player One. Yeah, Parzival. That's right. So, 
Um, no, which, yeah. which I also just read recently. That was, uh, I actually really enjoyed the book. It's, it's not. I've read it and I've listened to it. I yeah. enjoyed listening to it more than reading to it, but that's only because of Will Wheaton, but I'm not a huge Will Wheaton fan, but he does read it very well. Okay. It's a fun and, romp. And going into that yeah. whole like audiobook versus reading thing, I don't care. I'm, uh, you I'm consume not, it, just consume yeah, the damn book. Absolutely. And you know, right. like, like as much as I prefer the physical book, it's much easier to carry around my tablet. I'll get both. Yeah. I have, I, oh, no, 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 no. Again, I again, I have, so I have I have a to book say, case. I own every book of the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. I also uh, yes, have every your, your library I is own extensive. every Sanderson book so far. Mm-hmm. I also have all the Jim Butcher's. I have all the Jim Butcher's yep. books as well as on audiobook. Uh, and I have to say, uh, listening to, uh, you know, consuming these things, it's just like authors. You also get the narrators. Mm-hmm. Ray Porter. Yep. Mm. Pardon my language. Fucking loved him. So I looked at what other books he narrated, yeah. and that's how I found the Bobiverse. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, the, that's the, a great um, series. You really need to. The listen Harry to Potter it. books are all narrated by Stephen Fry. <clears throat> okay. And I mean, I, he's I love Stephen Fry. He's hilarious. He's 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 a great actor, and he's just got one of those even voices. He was Minecraft in uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movies. Okay. And for those in the nonfiction, it's really fun when you actually hear the person that's writing the nonfiction mm. actually narrate their own. That's a lot yes. of fun. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I did what? Um, I've listened to several nonfiction books, uh, the ones I've actually listened to instead of just reading, which the last one I listened to was the, uh, what was it? Dragon Dixie Out of the Mud, the uh, Liberal Redneck Manifesto <laughs> by Trey Crowder, Corey Ryan, Forrester, and Drew. Okay. Um, basically, all three comedians, and they're, they're they're talking about being liberal in the South, basically. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and while thus, myself thus am not a liberal. Yeah, th- that's um, the title. Dragon Dixie. Dixie. Not Dixie. to get into politics too much. Yes, we're not going to get but, into uh, politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, and it's narrated by the actual authors. Okay. Um, Jordan Peterson, The Twelve Rules of Life. That was really good. Listening to him read that. And the other one I listened to a long time ago was the whole financial system crash mm. thing. If Chins Could Kill by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Amazing book. Um, yeah. But yeah, having these actual people listen to it, it's, 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 it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to move into um, adaptations. And, and again, this is something we've talked about in the previous uh, podcasts. Um, not just it. We also talked about the, um, if I, remember, I think we talked about the Dresden TV show. <laughs> I think, I think we, we briefly touched on that. Uh, I know... Um, my uh, my wife talked about the uh, the sort of truth TV show at one point, or at least I believe she did. Again, I could be wrong. Earthsea, <laughs> a horrible adaptation from book to media. So, <laughs> but Earthsea uh, was so good. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and let Tim start off this uh, this topic as well. Okay. Um, are we talking about just ones that we really liked? Or are we talking about I, whatever adaptations, okay. adaptations or adaptations? I don't I don't care. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, again to screen. It could be. Uh, you had mentioned something from that went from book to, uh, to to graphic novel. Oh, that was Danny who mentioned. Oh, that, that. was Danny. Okay, yeah. excuse me. Um, um, but I mean, you know, just just whatever adaptations. So I would say my favorite adaptation was the Fellowship of the Ring. I didn't super actually care for the other Lord of the Rings movies, but the Fellowship of the Ring was about as close to perfect as I felt like you could get that in a movie. Um, yeah, they I mean, they I'll stuck to, to the story, but like there were lots of moments where they because cut out Tom Bombadil, which you know what I know. There's a lot of people that are like they cut out Tom Bombadil, but I'm like, oh thank God they yeah. cut off Tom Bombadil. I, that's my least favorite part of the <laughs> you book. You can't see me, everyone, but I'm glaring. Yes. at David. I'm with David yeah. on this. Um, look, look. All right, let's be honest. Okay, the entire first half of Fellowship is very slow. 
it's very slow. And, and the whole Tom Bombadil part would make it slower. Oh my god! But I'm not even talking about the movie. I'm talking about the book. <laughs> There's a lot of challenges, especially when you're going book to movie, because mm-hmm. you know how long is it going to take to read the Fellowship of the Ring? Yeah. Um, and then you're trying to put that in a, I mean, even in a three-hour movie. Yes. So you have to cut stuff. You have to condense characters down, mm-hmm. so you can't have every character get all the same parts. And I know that gets a lot of people really upset, but it's just not practical to try right. to keep everything exactly as it was. Yeah, and you know, my, my thing is is that it's an adaptation. It's mm-hmm. not a recreation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and which is why I usually try to go into these uh, these movies or, you know, whatever. The, I, I try to approach the new media as that, mm-hmm. as new media. It's, it, it's a new thing. Yes, it's going to be reminiscent of this other thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be 100% accurate. Yeah. And I try, you know, I mean, I, I I really try not to compare it because it's apples and oranges. Yeah. What so. I think is important is that you, if you're, you have to pull a lot out to mm-hmm. make it work in a movie. Um, for me, I don't mind that. What I mind is people is when they add unnecessary <laughs> stuff in, which is what a la the Hobbit. I got very well, or the two towers. I yeah. really got frustrated with the two towers. Yeah, which um, part of the two towers? Out of curiosity, um, everything from the warg battle to Aragorn showing up at the fort, <laughs> uh, just showing up at Helm's Deep, like, hey, yeah. nope, I'm alive, we're good. But it was like a half an hour of scenes Although that just I will weren't say this. in the book, and why? I will say this. Um, actually, when Aragorn, or when Aragorn showed back up at Helm's Deep, the look he and Legolas had was very much a dude bro moment, and and I totally yeah, appreciated that it. Was, like I loved it because because okay. like like you know they look at each other and and, and Legolas just kind of goes, "Yeah, bro, what's up?" Yeah. But. When you have to cut content out, mm-hmm. it's like, well, don't cut out more just so you can so put you can in put your something own else version. Of, mm-hmm. Like, just you, like trim it down and whatever you got to do. But yeah. like adding in a like a very kludgy extra sequence of scenes well, annoys me. Which is why, like, when they first announced they were going to do the Hobbit, I'm like, cool. And then they're like, it's going to be three movies, and I'm like, you're taking literally the shortest book that Tolkien ever put out, and you're going to make it into three movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas technically, Lord of the Rings is six books. Not three, because each book is technically two books. Mm. He divides it into books. Yeah, it's been a while since I've actually. Yeah. So so you know so I mean you're you know you're you're going to approach this and you're going to take two books and make it into one movie each and then you're going to take this one short book and make it into three movies. Yeah. And you know I understand that the the Legolas thing was honestly let's be honest mostly fan service. It drove me nuts. Yeah. So I want to touch in on these. Yeah, go for it briefly. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of <clears throat> you know. I do like some of the adaptation changes that were made mm-hmm. with the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the institution of the arrival of the elves at Helm's Deep. Because that's something in the books that always bothered me. <laughs> is just how detached the elves had become. Mm-hmm. Where, like, no, you're on, you're on <laughs> your own. We, you know, we did this battle. We're mm-hmm. done fighting. Yeah. Where this is like, okay, it's kind of showing, it's reconstituting, you know, the last alliance between mm-hmm. the elves and men. I'm like, okay, I... I truly like that, and it, it you know that was handled very well. Yeah, I thought artistic. that was a good moment, and it um, didn't take a lot of time no, to establish exactly. And then in the Hobbit, I actually didn't mind them making it a trilogy. I think they would have been better with the duology. I agree, that would have been better. I would have been okay with that. I was perfectly happy with what they went to do. It was like, all right, look, we're taking the Hobbit, and we know that that's not a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of information that was in the unpublished works, like the Silmarillion and other things. Oh yeah, the appendices that set up 
the backstories for Lord of the Rings. Let's go ahead and take this opportunity to display that. Yeah. And I felt that was good. I felt they put too much now, of that. I, I did I did like that they put in um, Gandalf's quest. Where yeah, he came where across. You actually found out about the necromancer. Yeah, yeah like, because oh because goodness, that's only mentioned that. in the in in the Hobbit, whereas it's expounded yeah. upon um, in in other books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I like that they put that in. I was I was happy with that, but I agree with you. It definitely should have been two movies, or probably probably should have been two movies. Mm-hmm. My opinion. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, making I, making this stuff is difficult. On, the, the reason so. why I would say two movies over uh, one movie is the Battle of Five Armies. To do that right should take a lot of time. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. like taking that into account. It's like okay, two movies. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I, I mentioned uh, we're, we're move on here. I mentioned the uh, the Harry Potter books earlier. Uh, we're gonna move into the movies. Um, you know, they're they're great movies, but again, same thing. You know, like there there was there was significant changes between the books and the movies, and you have to look at it as two separate medium. Um, you know, so I I think they did a good job. I think that uh, having having a cohesive team would have made the movies feel a little more connected, because the 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 way the movies felt to me sometimes are just way off. You know, like you got the first movie, the second movie, they're they're more lighthearted. I mean, obviously, the, you know, they're younger. Then you get into Prisoner of Azkaban, and it's like dark, Goblet of Fire, dark. Half Blood Prince, yay! I skipped over Order of the Phoenix, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's the feel just didn't didn't. You wanted didn't, a more consistent tone. I wanted a more consistent tone. Something that that yes changes over our you know over over the whole course of of the eight movies, but you know something that just it just felt more in line with each other. Hmm. Not even with the books, just with each other. Hmm. Danny, I don't disagree with that. Okay, uh, the <laughs> well. So something that's very difficult to capture in live action that you can readily capture in a book uh, is a steady maturation. Yeah. And that's what the, the films were trying to capture. The books, I think, did manage to do that. If you look at the, the language in the mm-hmm. novels, they improved the descriptions. It did get steadily darker as the world became more bleak, but was still not without hope. Yeah. So in the video, in the movies, had they how they follow that a little bit more um, steady. I didn't want to use the same word, but it, if they were steady, it would have been better. Yeah. It kind of had it up and ups and downs. Yeah. That was, that was my thing. I felt that it jarring. was, it was kind of detracting. Um, um, I, I didn't like how, um, like, uh, you know, one of the movies that starts off in the bridge scene, you know, where, where the death eaters destroy the bridge and then that's it. You know, we, we get nothing else about the Death Eaters actually doing anything to, to the, the to the muggle world, you know, and we just go about the movie. What were you going to say, Mike? I think, uh, I think what I like, as far as, like, series go, mm-hmm. uh, instead of adaptations, I like it, say, like, in the case of Star Wars, or even some lesser-known stuff, like my Battletech novels and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, they turned around, and instead of it being an adaptation of a book, they just entered stuff into the world as mm-hmm. if it was new content. So yeah, yeah. Clone Wars and stuff like that was like its own. They made books for it afterwards mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, but I think I like that take if the world's rich enough. Yeah. yeah. Or help build a rich enough world. Yeah, yeah. Or help build that. one. Well, that, which is right, what the original exactly. expanded universe, whatever, Legends, whatever for Star Wars. Correct. You know, did. And, and that, that's what I loved about it. I mean, it just, it took... 
the movies and just expanded so much on it. Old Republic for life, man. Oh well, yeah. I'm just saying you could you could probably make something really good of, of any of these series that we like and mm-hmm. just and just write for it and make a good series out of yeah. it with the rest being in a background, not even with the primary characters if you want yeah. to now from a marketing standpoint, you're missing some stuff, but mm-hmm. is it good enough for T V? Is it good enough for Netflix? Probably. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, again we talked about the uh, the Dresden series um, uh, previously oh, on on the the, the, the podcast, the but you know, and that's the thing. Like you know, I I like the the, the TV show. Um, again, I haven't really read the book, so I can't. You know, I, I can't compare the two. But I've already spoken to Stephen King on another podcast too. Yeah, so I'm gonna yeah, I know, alone. I know. So I'm gonna <laughs> look, say look, this quickly. I understand. No, I'm gonna okay. say this quickly. I think they did a great job with Dresden <laughs> mm-hmm. in the Dresden Files live yeah. action. Okay, I think they they did the great they did a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elefante. I believe was the actor, right? I don't know. We'll have to anyway, look it up. But whomever, I thought I felt he did a great job. I love that they did a hockey stick instead of a st- like they really made him feel like a Walmart wizard. And I'm like, that <laughs> works. That really, really works. Why did they have to juxtapose Karen Murphy and, and Susan, Susan and Susan Rodriguez? They kept the characters, but completely swapped who they were. If they were going to go far enough down the line, though, if you think about it, Karen's a more consistent figure than Susan is. Yeah. So why so, would they even do that? Well, that's just it. You can just do it, and then you don't even have to have those two characters. You just have one. Yeah, but they didn't do that. They had both, right? And they them. literally swapped their personalities, yeah, kind of, yeah. and their races, yeah, and like ethnicity and their identity. I was like, why would you? That just makes no sense. That's pretty weird. I was even okay with them <laughs> making Bob um, completely changing how Bob is and making mm-hmm. him like a person and a family member. I'm like, okay, you know what? I could. Yeah, yeah, because he was the skull, right? Yeah, I don't. Lo- but then, but then I don't necessarily he had the actor. love this idea. Mm-hmm. But I'm open to see how they get to it. I mean, thankfully, they did not butcher it like they did the sort of <laughs> butcher. truth. Yeah, no, sort of truth sort was of truth. was the sort so... of truth live action. I have never seen a series oh. blow its load as quickly. No, it really right. did. It, it really, really did. It went through the first five books mm-hmm. in the first fifteen minutes of yep. the first episode. Yep, wow. because the first time, the first time you come across Zed, he tells you, "Oh no, I'm the Grand Wizard who separated everything, and and I did all this." Whereas you don't get that information until almost the end of the first book. Mm. That's like, oh, here's this collar that magically prevents you from casting magic, and this and this and this and this. It's like, um, all of that stuff gets introduced in like book four, book oh three. What are you doing? <laughs> It's like, well, Streamlining. don't worry, we're going to get canceled after our first episode. You know what? Our main villain, Darken Rawl, who is described consistently as being blonde hair, mm-hmm. beautiful face. Mm-hmm. You know, he has this weird tick where he licks his fingers and like rubs his lips, but he's wearing white and flowing. And he's always this aura of like nobility and good. And mm-hmm. people are just like, wow, look at this guy. And that's what fucks with you because he's so evil and so vile so they get a short black haired fugly looking little shit who wears black all the time Hmm. and everybody hates well because you know again when when you're talking about the different media they want to give you that visual cue he's the bad guy they they want the visual short and and i get that you know and, and and again there are certain things that you have to do you have to change and and you know I don't make these TV shows. I'm not yeah. on these writing panels. I, I impact, I'm not going to sit here. And that's that's the problem. You know I would much rather you you know you change the the social norm. You you change the expectation that the guy wearing black is obviously the bad guy. You know um you know d- d- change it up. I mean give change him the up. eyebrows then. All right. Or the goatee. Yeah. And so me. um yeah I don't know what do you want to talk about Mikey. 
<laughs> uh, I think we're done with the adaptations. Otherwise, this is going to be the adaptations and not the book episode. <laughs> it's supposed to be the adaptations episode. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were doing the book episode. Mm. We were starting with books uh, yeah, to yeah. go into adaptations. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Right. Look at you not following the premise of the episode. <laughs> I, don't I don't care. But yeah. Um, um, you know, but all right. So let's let's think about uh, books that have translated into other media. What was the one you guys were talking about there that was very very visually rich that got turned in? Danny, you were talking oh. about this. So Brandon Sanderson's White Sands. Mm-hmm. You actually get to read a bit of it in the um, Archon Unbound, and okay. it's a good read. But I agree that it's it's a very visual writing. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I kind of get what you're very you're, very detailed. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm getting what you're you're. you're Spending a lot of time describing some of these things, though. And then he said, oh, these this is coming out as like a visual novel. Mm-hmm. These are going to be like essentially comics. So I was like, oh, okay. No, I can see that. And I got the first one. I got the second one. I think I got the third one on order now. Okay. And yeah, the story just lends itself to have that visual medium. Because it's sand. Yeah. Is the medium of magic that they're using. I don't so, like sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. Well, writing at its best, people. Thank you, Hayden Christensen. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I don't think he made that line himself. No, no, he no. didn't make that line. I said writing at its best. I have best. to say, though, I, I do blame a lot of the problems with those movies. <laughs> with the look, writing, yeah. not necessarily look, his acting. Well, let, let's be honest. Okay, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Oh, yeah. It takes two Aww. to tango. It does. Yeah, it but does. that's, again, something we're going to be discussing later. Yeah. So moving on. So white sands, right? Mm-hmm. Is it white sand or white sands? I feel like very, very. I feel question. like that's a very important distinction. Probably, and I think it's just white sand. Okay. Well, we're gonna go with white sand, and um, if we're wrong, don't sue us. It is white sand. Okay. Good times. Indeed. I will have to check that out. Um. But uh, speaking of adapt- adaptations, I'd like to see. Hmm. Because I don't know if we were speaking about that, but we are now. No, no. Well, we, that, that's something else <laughs> yeah. I wanted to discuss. So, yeah. Let's, let's move on into that. I would love to see an adaptation of Wheel of Time. If, you know, the Jordan estate could ever get ownership of the rights to their own shit again. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're talking about you want to see it done right. Well, yeah. Like, like okay, but give me, give, me, give me a network. So, so you, think, you think Netflix would, uh, would, would do it right? Netflix or HBO. Yeah, HBO. HBO's done really, really well with, and we've, we've talked about uh, Lord of the Rings in the, in the past. Um, not Lord of the Rings, Jesus. Uh, Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Thank Game you. Thrones. I'm distracted. There's a dog. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones. And and you know, I know I've mentioned that that I really am a big fan of it. Um, I didn't start reading the books until um, till the first season had finished. Um, and there were several parts, and Danny can attest to this, where I had to put the books down, call him, and be like, "Tell me this didn't actually happen." <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah." The red wedding was not a fun event for me. Oh. Um. But, uh, but you know, I think HBO's done, um, I mean, really a stellar job taking such a rich medium, you know, a rich world as, mm-hmm. as, as Westeros and making it into, um, you know, a successful TV show. Uh, yes, there have been some things that they've cut out that I was kind of like, oh, I was looking forward to that. And um, there have been some things that they just completely went in a different direction that I'm like, okay, you know, I like that better. Because, yeah. again, it's a different medium, and I think it tells the story um, – it tells its own story in a different way. It does. And I think you could handle, because one of the biggest complaints about the Wheel of Time series and the written form is it takes forever to describe shit. That is Congratulations. verifiably he, true. He takes a <laughs> chapter, a chapter, 
setting up the visual for this area, for the city that you're looking at. And I understand you kind of need that so you understand when people are looking. Like, Wait, okay, an entire chapter an just entire t- to t- describe t- the city? Yeah. Okay. It's just... I'm sorry. There's a, probably two pages that are not description of the city in that chapter. <laughs> While they're walking from one place to another. Fair yeah. enough. And then it's just more description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can convey that without any dialogue or any time mm-hmm. as just the backdrop. Yeah. And you have that import. You have that. And, you know, and you know, I think, I think that's what, uh, you know, book series like that, books like that, that are very descriptive, very, very, uh, you know, world building. I think mm-hmm. those are the ones that lend themselves best to, oh, the, to those adaptations. Um, and also does when you're changing the point of view, mm-hmm. because then you can cut away, you know, and not make the mistake that Game of Thrones did and actually have a caption at the bottom mm-hmm. for, you know, when it's happening. Yeah. How long ago it's been happening. Yeah. Who's yeah. Because Game of Thrones does not give you a good context for time. Yeah. For the passage of time. They did in the first four seasons. Yeah. You know, and, well, yeah, the first the first couple seasons. I don't know if it went that long. It's fine. Varys but, can teleport. Okay. Yeah, Varys can <laughs> teleport. Yes. Season five is when it became really noticeable that they yeah. weren't trying hard anymore. No, no, they were just trying to tell the story, and um, you know what I mean. Because in the books, I mean, it's it's years, yeah, years, yeah. and you know, I just don't feel that the the TV series really conveyed that. You know that it took months for this thing to happen into that thing, but you know, travel time aside. Yeah, please don't ascribe to the um, just. If anyone famous who's worth their salt in writing or directing or producing is going to listen to this, please, please do not ascribe to the J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg sense of distance and time. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand that. I I understand. Things can go as fast as you need them to go. Yeah. I, I respect that. But, like, give the illusion. Like, just say something. It's like, time happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And then for distance, you can't have someone see something across the galaxy by the naked eye. No. It's not happening. No, I've seen too many too many instances of that where I'm just sitting here going, no. Because, I mean, me. we can only suspend disbelief so much. Absolutely. You know, but, you know, you, you, you brought up a point that I wanted to touch on, or at least made me think of this. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to think that we're bashing on any on anything in particular. You know, this this... So the media is out there, and unless we specifically say that this was garbage, we don't. We probably don't think it's garbage. You know, we we probably still very much enjoyed it. Mark Twain, but yeah, Mark get, Twain. Get your facts first, then you can distort them as you please. There you go. Yeah, oh, that's very nice. But get the facts. Get the first. facts first. Yeah, then distort. Them. Oh, and it's yes. great. It's like I, I love authors mm-hmm. and adaptations. <laughs> when so I, I wish I could remember right now, but there was an adaptation that I watched. They did something different from the novel, but they established it. It's like it, it was something. It had something to do with like time or mm-hmm. distance, and then they established this new thing, and then they they stuck to their own rule. They didn't break their own rules, and so that's so important. Was, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. you know what? They're doing it this way now. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm cool because they established that. So, I don't. I can't really think of any uh, book series that I've read that that I that hasn't already been adapted that I would love to see adapted. Uh, I already saw it. One of one of our favorite movies of all time, Eaters of the Dead, The Thirteenth Warrior. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to talk about that. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that all so right, much. Right, bring it up! Come on, now's a good time because we were talking about D and D earlier, and a better D and D movie has never been made than The Thirteenth Warrior. It's an all fighter and rogue party, and they're incredible. <laughs> yes, they are. 
Which one was the thirteenth warrior? Uh, uh, it's honey. It's no, I'm trying to think who's in it. Antonio, uh, Antonio Banderas. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 and then a bunch yeah. of Norwegians. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like I am forbidden to to eat fermented. It's like, but it's honey. <laughs> Like oh, a bunch man. of people named like Herger and Halfdag and all this other. Yeah. <laughs> and the book, it's actually Vikings. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's mostly thematically the same as the book, but the, like you read it and you watch the movie and you're like, oh man, they just kind of took an idea and then made entirely their own thing with. Oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I, but it's okay. still and it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's and I'm that's okay with bad. those types of adaptations too. Mm-hmm. So what that happens to Crichton a lot, though. Yeah. You know what? That happens to Crichton because he had the uh, the the monkey movie too. Uh, and then, I just well, I, and Jurassic. Oh, the one that became an outbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It is Thirteenth Warrior is the D and D movie in a campaign world where magic doesn't exist. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's, it's a better D and D movie than the D and D movie. Uh, yeah, most are. Yeah, Hands I down. would love to actually see a D and D movie. You know what? You guys, you bash all you want. I liked the D and D movie. Oh. That's cute. Just saying. You know, hold on. You know what D&D movie I did like? What's that? The direct to the, the television, the Sifi uh, version of D&D, because they made fun of themselves as they were I doing it. I don't know which one they that They knew was. they had no budget. Okay. Oh, because it had no budget. Okay. They knew they had no one. budget, and they knew the acting was going to be horrible. They had, at every commercial break, was a D&D ro- a rule. Mm-hmm. And so, spoilers, the cleric dies in the first 15 minutes. You never let your hero. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's the first <laughs> that's thing. That's the rule. That's <laughs> the rule. Save the priest. Save the priest. I like never it. let your healer die. I like because it. the party for the rest of the, the movie yeah. is fucked because they have no one to heal them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually just saw um just don't throw him at a stained glass window because he'll probably die from the impact. True story. I just saw another book that uh, that I read as uh, as a kid that I really, really liked, The Little Prince. Um and oh, yeah. uh, Netflix did a uh, uh, an adaptation of that. And uh, I thought it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. So definitely check it out. So, so anyway. If we're talking about things we want to see as adaptations, mm-hmm. I've heard, you know, for years, since, since The Lord of the Rings came out, people have talked about wanting a Silmarillion movie. I'm like, I want a Silmarillion... TV show. 10-episode miniseries. Yes. Netflix series. Yeah, because it would be... Um, yeah, because it's oh way God. too much. No, no, even think about it. Almost make it like one of those the 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 Discovery Channel or National Geographic like yeah. myopics like the history yes. of yeah like an uh, have it, compl- have it yeah. completely fictitious yeah. yeah but have it like set yeah. to that tone like, like where you have a narrator yeah you have a narrator and he's, and he's discussing through. things that happen and then and then you show like the recreation type things yeah. and using air quotes for that and it could even be uh, like in universe like yeah. a scholar. Oh, that would well, be they've awesome! They've converted stuff like that to books because we figure like that the com- the cosmos has been converted mm-hmm. into book form. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, the books um, for the Silmarillion, uh, recent the Tolkien Estates coming out with uh, the Fall of Gondolin. Yeah, ooh, which I'm very excited about because that's that's one of my favorite parts of the Silmarillion. Yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, I think that's all about all I got. What about you guys? Uh, what are you guys reading right now? What's what's your current? Just I to, said to, Wheel of Time. I know oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm out of stuff to read right now. So, I need to find something. Uh, Currently, um, I'm reading three books. Okay. Um, I'm reading. I'm rereading Oathbringer for the fifth time. Um, that's a long book to be on the fifth time of. It, well, I, I chew through these things. Okay. Uh, the I just finished 
the collected works, uh, the collected stories of Arthur C. Clarke. Good times. And I highly recommend it because Arthur C. Clarke is an amazing author, uh, just a genius. Thank you for inventing GPS. Uh, yeah, he invented the, that whole concept. Good times. And his short stories are some pretty, pretty slick shit. It's some of it's really good, and he, several of them are quite literally three sentences. But they're the longest stories ever written. Good times. I will check that out. This is a mathematical law. So it's only like six sentences, but technically it's infinite. So he wins. Yeah. Uh, So I just finished that one. Um, I'm reading... uh, Banana hammocks. I'm trying to find it. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective... Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. The problem is trying to get the actual... T- ah, stop. Don't play. <laughs> trying to get the actual title without playing the book on my phone at the moment. Mm, fair enough. Okay, but it's one of those self-help yeah, type... Uh, it's a self-help. It's like seven habits and, of um, extremely successful people. people yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. Because it was highly recommended and it has some... Uh, um, I'm like, all right, I'll listen to see if there's anything I'm not doing and I can okay. improve on. And then uh, there's one on um, relationships, on how to handle... Um, conflict because mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated about interpersonal relationships. Normally, I just use a backhand. I love you, baby. Wow. That's okay. <laughs> Danny just glared at David again. Yes, yes. No, no, I, I, do not, I do not endorse hitting women. <laughs> and we all know that my wife would just whoop my ass anyway. True story. That true is true. Story. <laughs> but, uh, Mikey, what about you? What are you reading right now? Um, I just got done listening to the uh, Astrophysics for Peace, People in a Hurry, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, I'm doing the uh, Parasol Protectorate series, which uh, the first book of that is Solus. Okay. Uh, it's basically like one of those steampunk-ish modern slash not really modern Victorian um, thing. There's vampires and stuff. And normal Good people times. And, and people without souls, which and Solus, which the main character is. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Huh. Uh William Gibson, uh, Idoro, I just read again. Uh, he's the guy that his most famous one is Neuromancer. So also I, a very good read. Uh, if you like it. See, that's the th- it's, You don't like it? I did not like. Okay. You didn't so like me, Neuromancer? Or I you did didn't like, not some, like Neuromancer. You didn't like Neuromancer? I, I like Gibson. I like Adoro better than Neuromancer, but that's kind of what he was famous no, for. Neuromancer? So yeah. I have to say this. Uh-huh. So for content. For content. Extremely ahead of its time. Okay. Well, like, yeah. It actually set standards that mm-hmm. no one else. It what was it? Gibson and like two or three other authors are the ones who actually created the genre of cyberpunk. Oh. Yeah, they're the, they're the founding fathers of that entire genre. Uh-huh. Okay, but it just it's painful <laughs> to listen to or, or read in either case because I've done both. Yeah, um, I thought, oh man, I really hated slogging through Neuromancer. I'm gonna get the audiobook. No, I did it and I listened to the whole thing. And it made my head hurt <laughs> because some of the descriptions, but it's still so good. Like when you realize, cause it puts it into perspective when you realize the ideas that came about before a lot of these things were actualized, mm-hmm. that's bloody brilliant. Right. It's really good writing. It's just, it's, it's painful now cause it's so incongruous. It's, yeah. It's like, that's not how that works. That's not, not how yeah, this yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not how any of this that's works. It's not how any of this works. And yeah. I think that's that's a lot of my problem. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move into uh, just final thoughts. Um, I'll start if you guys don't mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm all 
for adapting. I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a good way to introduce the source material to uh, to new audiences that uh, that may not even know the book series exists. Um, but at the same time, as much as I appreciate wanting to tell your own version of a story, uh, we, we've talked about this before, there need, very much needs to be uh, a book expert on hand to slap the shit out of the director with said book when they get too far crazy. Yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, I think they did that right. Everybody had to read. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, my final thoughts are uh, just like Egon Spengler, print is dead. <laughs> but I, I mean that for physical. In the joke of that, really, it is dying, but... Yeah. PDFs are great. Oh yeah, get, get, get them. Re- still read. <laughs> your your movies, your EPUBs. Hopefully, you read. It's, it 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 invokes a different aspect of your brain when you're reading. No, absolutely, rather yeah. than listening. Mm-hmm. Like everybody should should read. Different when you they fire different areas. Yep. Of the brain. So definitely read mm-hmm. do the PDFs. Listen, and then watch. You're, you're talking. You're hitting all three of the areas at that point in time. Don't just do one. Do all three. That's yeah. pretty much where I'm at with it. Just however you're going to entertain yourself. Yep. Just do it. Do it. But make sure you're reading and listening and watching all three. I, I actually, I'm going to follow up on that one. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I buy the physical books mm-hmm. for everything I love. And, you know, and there's more than one reason to do that. For example, a lot of Sanderson's, or a lot of the fantasy novels, not just Sanderson, but most recent, they have beautiful artwork. Yep. They have sketches. Okay. You're not going to get that in an audiobook. No. And it's not always as enjoyable as in tactile. Uh, in a PDF form or an e-reader form. Yeah. So yeah. having that, that physical thing mm-hmm. is, is wonderful. Absolutely. Um, and then if they have a visual adaptation of it, look at it through the lens of an adaptation mm-hmm. and don't be as critical. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We were we were kind of critical on some things here. But, but that and, was that was the point of the episode. But again, just just because just because passionately we're, about something. Absolutely. Just just because we're sure. critical about something doesn't mean that we didn't enjoy. Always it. view the weight. You know. Always weigh something on its own merits mm-hmm. and that way you can compare and contrast and see if it's worth its own on its mm-hmm. you know standalone yeah. tim um so my final thought and i wish i'd thought to bring this up when we were talking about adaptations earlier is Fair if enough. you see something that you really enjoy like do go and take a look at the book so like mm-hmm. for me i really really enjoyed carl sagan's cosmos yeah and then i went back and got the book and uh, so I didn't really, I wasn't into science courses and stuff like that when I was in school. Uh, I was a history major in college. And uh, sorry, that was ah! really kind of more where I was at. Yeah. And so the TV show was really great because it was a good introduction to a lot of stuff that I kind of didn't pay attention to mm-hmm. when I was younger. And then you can branch off of that and you can discover that there are other things that you get really interested oh, yeah. in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I know I'm a big fan of, you know, astronomy. Yeah. Also, don't squeak your chair so much when I'm trying to have a thought because that was really distracting. (laughs) It it was fairly distracting. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't help it. Now, I I thought you had your child here. I didn't think that you were the child. (laughs) Shh. All right. Well, thank you guys again for uh, for listening in Mm -hmm. and uh, keep listened, I guess. I know, right? I, I don't have, know. Hey, I, I, I have one thank question you for oh, you. Public education here we go. Yeah, how you like me cook your steak? <laughs> Medium uh, air, no. <laughs> no, actually, um, real quick, we are uh, we're on obviously Podbean, um, is Podbean. is the easiest way to uh, to find us. Ragabash Unlimited. We're on iTunes. We're also on Google Play. Yep. Uh, so spread the word. Tell your friends. 
wherever you listen, however you're listening, are you, are you listening? listening?